1: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
0: will the titans end the patriots reign will it come to an end will it be the last game of tom brady's patriots career jim wyatt titansonline.com joins us in just a bit, it's home at home, Radio.com Sports Original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out in 2020, the smartest way to hire. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. Also, our top four teams playing on wildcard weekend in terms of their likelihood of winning a Super Bowl. But first, the big story on this new year is that Donnie Wahlberg tipped an IHOP waitress $2,020 2020, revealed by his wife, actress Jenny McCarthy, uh, also a host today, which opens up a whole lot of discussion on tipping. Should Jenny McCarthy have revealed that? Were they wanting publicity for that? I like that she revealed it first because maybe it will prompt other rich people, famous people, to do the same thing. But we ask all of you, what do you do with tipping? Yes, you probably tip 20% at a sit-down restaurant unless you get bad service. If you get extraordinary service, you're probably in the 20 to 25 range. But Ross, what the hell do you do when you're at Panera, when you're at Starbucks, let alone when you're at Chinese takeout? Can you break down your tipping philosophy?
2: So here's the thing. I don't even know if I know all the rules for this. I will say this. I think we've talked about this before. I feel bad for like um, Bellman at hotels now. You know, yep. they're so eager to take your bags up, and I really appreciate that. I go out of my way to say, no, 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 thank you. You know why? Yeah. I don't have any cash on me. I don't have any cash on me. I don't want to waste the guy's time and have him. He, he's being nice. I know what he wants. He doesn't want to help me with my bags up to my room and then me be like, sorry, bro, you take credit cards? Like he doesn't want that, you know what I mean? So I'm like, no, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. Thank you because I know what that I know what that that deal is. I know what the trade is there. Um, I think it's interesting, but when I'm at Panera, I love Panera by the way. why Why is Panera the only place that knows exactly the right amount of dressing to put on a salad? Hey, all other restaurants in the galaxy, if you're not sure how much dressing to put on a salad, It's how much Panera puts on. That's the answer. Thank you for playing. That's how much you put on Panera. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, when I'm at Panera, Dave, that is good food, but it's still quick. And I see them working hard, really quick to get you the nice fresh food in the back. So after I put my credit card in, it says, would you like to tip our whatever? I give him a dollar Like maybe my order with my family's $27. I put a dollar in for the people in the back. They're not serving me. I got a buzzer. I go up and I get it, but I kind of appreciate the effort when I'm at like cold stone or somewhere ice cream. uh, Like I said, before the break, they'll say it'll, you know, when I'm signing the credit card thing and it has a dollar for a tip. Okay. I'll do the dollar tip. What, but it's weird I do it, Dave when I have a credit card slip to fill out or it's like a press button thing, but I don't find myself tipping for Starbucks to go that to go app, which I love, or I don't find myself tipping for Uber because it's not necessary as part of the transaction. I don't have to look at it before the transaction. Does that make sense?
0: Uh, half and half, bro. You must tip. Uber. I mean, I, I cannot impress upon you enough how awful it is that you don't tip Uber. These people make no money. Now, there might be some situations, some cities where Uber drivers are making the big cash. Most sit around and really rely on your tips because there are too many drivers. I ask you, I beg you, I plead of all of you, tip your Uber drivers. I don't tend to tip Starbucks. I don't feel like that's enough of a service industry. I drink black coffee. Now, if I drink some sort of fancy uh, Boucher latte, you know, maybe I would lean towards a tip, but I drink black coffee. It's impossible for me to tip on a black coffee. I struggle at Panera, and it's the credit card exchange that forced me to now tip, yeah, a dollar, two dollars, three if it's a huge order, because the option pops up. And because the woman behind the counter is staring at you while you push the no button. I don't mind pushing the no button at Starbucks, at Dunkin' Donuts, at most takeout places. But when I'm getting a sandwich, maybe getting a lunch for the family, it's impossible for me to press no. Chinese takeout is where I struggle. I feel like I'm about a 10% guy. Is that wrong of me? Should I go 20% because someone did have to package that?
2: Wait a minute. Hold on a second. You went and you took it out. Yes, correct. Picked it up. Uh, Definitely not 20%. If you want to give 5%, I think 10% is being very generous. I mean, you're paying usually for the service or for the delivery. Now let me ask you this. What about if you get, if you have a party at your house and you get six pizzas, and it's like $100, okay? You're not tipping that person 20%, 20 bucks, are you? They're doing the same yeah. thing they would be as
0: if you only ordered one pizza. Yeah, but you're not going to tip them 3 or $4 on a $100 order. I don't typically pay the pizza man. I don't know why that is. My wife does it every time, but yeah, I think if if I had a hundred dollars in pizza, the tip would probably be around twelve dollars. I'm curious what your Uber rating is. Do you even know? I mean, I bet your Uber rating sucks if you don't tip those people. And man, you don't want a bad Uber rating. For for a while, they didn't even have an option to tip on Uber.
2: Like that wasn't even. I don't even remember. It was only like a couple years ago that they even had that. So I got in, the, like, the whole point of Uber was you don't have to do anything. After you get there, you're there. And they didn't even have a, a tipping option. I feel like they only got the
0: tipping option like a year or two ago. Can you get out your phone? Can you check your rating while we are on here on Home and Home? And I'm actually surprised mine is so low. I thought it would be a lot higher. I think I always tip an Uber driver but i think a couple of guys that i've probably canceled or bailed on after a few too many cocktails have probably 4. hurt me 4.81 4.81 yours is higher than mine i'm a 4.8 yeah. and you uh, don't tip yeah and you don't
2: tip um that i is, think some i think sometimes if they're like uh if they're especially awesome like they waited for me or they seemed like a good per- then I'll tip. And I'll especially tip, Dave, if I'm getting reimbursed for that expense. Then I'll tip. That probably helps me. If I'm getting <laughs> reimbursed for that expense, then I'll tip. If I'm not getting reimbursed, boy, they had to go above and beyond.
0: Man, now you're making uh. me feel bad. I knew this
2: was going to happen.
0: Listen, I just can't believe you have a better Uber rating than me. I always tip these people, but I have blown off a few. Again, I think a few too many cocktails. I had a friend pull me out of an Uber one time. That guy was furious. So, yeah, too many drinks usually leaves you with the bad, uh, a bad Uber rating, apparently. Maybe that's more important than tipping. I got a tip for you. Take the Tennessee Titans This weekend, the Tennessee Titans are going to end the Patriots reign tomorrow night. Let's talk about it with Jim Wyatt. Titansonline.com covers the team an extraordinary basis. Got to check out his writings. Jim, we'll get into this game. But first, I don't know if you heard our conversation about tipping, uh, about protocol. Do you tip when you get takeout food? Do you tip an Uber driver? Do you tip at Starbucks?
3: I don't. I do tip uh, Uber. I do tip takeout food. And I can't remember the last time I've been in a Starbucks, uh, to be honest with you. I'll either drive through or I'm a Dunkin' Donuts guy. So, uh, and, and sometimes I'll tip there occasionally. But I'm usually a tipper.
2: So, okay. So, Jim, you said you don't tip Uber. But you
3: do no, tip. I do tip. Um, I do tip an
2: Uber. Yep. Oh, okay. What percent for Uber and for takeout?
3: Probably 20%. Wow.
2: All right, Jim. I see it. Now, do you feel like that's because you're a southernly gentleman and you're in the <laughs> South and and people in the South are supposedly nicer, supposedly?
3: I don't know about that, I guess a lot of times i I usually have pretty good conversations in that in, in the car and uh and feel like hey i'm gonna this guy's or, or girls working hard tonight I'm gonna give him a little money. What I don't tip generally is when I'm going through a line and you get to the register and then they say how much of a tip you want to clear that's a new feature that's been added within the last couple of years where you can kind of go through a, a a line at a restaurant uh and then you go to the register and you're, and they want you to tip 20, 25% for that. A lot of times I will pass on that one, but most of the times I will tip.
0: Yeah, the automatic prompting when you're using a credit card, I think changed the equation for tipping. It makes you have that guilt factor. Uh, Ross had a good <laughs> point about Bellman and about valets and such. I think they need to have like a little Venmo card for people like Ross and myself that never carry cash. And therefore I too never take the Bellman option because I don't have any money and I will carry 19 bags up to my room before I will allow the Bellman to do it for you. Uh, Speaking of Bellman and traveling, you'll be traveling to new England uh, to take on the Patriots, Titans and Patriots this weekend. And my tip was for people to bet on the Titans who are the underdog against the Patriots Am I overconfident?
3: Well, I I, mean, I I do like this Titans team, I, and I was up there for a playoff game uh, in the 2017 season when the Titans lost 35 to 14 in, in Foxborough, and um, you know, after jumping ahead early, they just, you know, Tom Brady and the Patriots took over. I, I think this Titans team is built to win on the road and is playing extremely well right now with the top-rated quarterback in the NFL and the NFL leading rusher and a, and a rookie receiver in A.J. Brown, who has been a consistent playmaker for him. Um, I, I do think the Titans have a good chance in this game. But with that said, I mean, I, I have seen the Patriots too many times in the past when people have written them off. And I've heard it, even people in Nashville saying the Titans were fortunate Uh, to go to Foxborough instead of having to go to Kansas City, which is what what everyone was expecting. And I kind of think that's crazy because these are the defending Super Bowl champs. This is the best coach in the history of the NFL, the best playoff quarterback and arguably the best quarterback ever to play in the NFL. And, again, they always seem to rise to the occasion. So it's going to take a great effort for the Titans to win this game. Um, Yes, I saw the Patriots against the Dolphins last week. And I you know, was surprised like everybody else, but they don't usually play like they played last week in the playoffs. And uh Tides, you have to go up there and earn it if they're going to find a way to win.
2: Speaking of surprise, Jim, I think everybody's been surprised by how Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill has performed this year. Uh, is it fair to say that you've been surprised as well? What do you attribute it to? And what are they going to do with him this offseason?
3: Yeah, Ross. I mean, I think they've he's put him in a position where they have got to figure out a way to get him back here. How that happens, you know, that's, that's something we'll find out here, uh, you know, as we get closer to March, because nothing's happened there from a contract standpoint. The options, are obviously, to either give him a long-term deal. Uh, put a franchise tag on him, but that, he's not the only guy they got to keep. Derrick Henry is also also has an expiring contracts. The team's biggest play, you know biggest factors on offense are both, uh, you know heading toward expiring deals. He's exceeded my expectations. I think anybody would be fine if they thought he would, would do what he has done. I mean, again, he, he is the NFL's top rated passer. He broke all kinds of franchise records. Uh, he came in, uh, you know, during a two and four start when really the team uh, looked pretty lifeless on offense. They've been shut out against, you know, the Broncos in Week Six. You know, they lost games against Colts at home and Buffalo at home, where they really couldn't muster up much offense at all. And he's really just revived this whole team. And with him, obviously, Derrick Henry has come alive. Uh, The team won seven out of the last ten games. He's been accurate. He's been tough. I mean, he has been a gamer and risen to the occasion when they needed him most. And now he heads into his first-ever playoff game with a lot of momentum. Uh, He's been better than I thought he would. And, again, I think he's exceeded uh, probably everybody's expectations. Then there's the
0: experience factor. We're talking to Jim Wyatt, TitansOnline.com, the Titans' official senior writer. Tom Brady has 30 total playoff wins in his career. The other 11 QBs in the playoffs have combined for 26 playoff wins. How critical will the experience factor be tomorrow night?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing that we just don't know how Ryan Tannehill will play in his first ever playoff game because, you know, he went his entire career in Miami without playing in one. He just played in his a hundredth career game on Sunday in Houston. Uh, so this is new territory for him, but he has played in some big games and he's played in some big games this year for the Titans. I mean, the Titans were in a do or die situation this past weekend in Houston and they fell behind seven, nothing right out of the gate. And, uh, and Ryan Tannehill didn't flinch. I mean, he guided the team right down the field in less than two minutes, and he just kept coming. I mean, and every time, really, he's, he's been faced with adversity this season, he has been good. I mean, they, they rallied to beat the Chiefs after being down uh, by two scores, or at least, I'm sorry, by nine points in the, in the last ten minutes. Uh, he's guided you know, some comeback wins this season. So he's proven to be a gamer. He hasn't played in a playoff game, but uh, – uh, everything I've seen him do has led me to believe this moment is not going to be too big for him. He's hitting this game with a lot of confidence. Jim,
2: are the people in Nashville loving this? I mean, are, are they buying this team? Are they all in on Tannehill and Henry and A.J. Brown? I mean, are you getting the buzz going that you had previous years with the McNair crew, even the Kerry Collins team? I mean, are, are people getting a buzz or are they kind of taking a wait-and-see approach?
3: Well, I think they certainly have generated a lot of momentum here in the last, you know, couple of months. I will say, when he took over, I mean, uh, you know, Marcus's, you know, fan base and the Titans fan base certainly uh, were split when this change took over, and this team was sitting at two and four. I mean, there were a lot of people who pretty much wrote the team off when the change was made, and uh, and. I've seen it on social media. I've seen it. You know, I do a mailbag a couple of times a week for fans write in, and, and people were reluctant to accept Ryan Tannehill at first. But the way he's played, I mean, a lot of people have jumped on the bandwagon uh, because of Ryan Tannehill. And uh, and certainly the loyal, hardcore Titan fans who've been with this team from the beginning, They, they they've waited a long time for moments like this. I mean, the Titans won a playoff game in 2017 in Kansas City. It's the first time they've won a playoff game in 2003. So uh, it has been a long time. It's really been a long time since the team has had a, a, a end of season like this. Came close last year, but then lost in the season finale against the Colts and didn't get in the playoffs. So uh, the, the end of this season has been quite a memorable one, uh for the Titans and I think people are are excited. I mean there's a fan party in town at the Wild Horse Saloon. I'm sure all of you have stopped in there do some line dancing in previous trips to Nashville and that place will be excited <laughs> uh on Saturday night and uh and a lot of people I know are making the trip to Foxborough. So people are on board with this team and uh and a lot of people in Nashville are very optimistic moving forward.
0: Hell yeah. Sign me up for some line dance. And before we go, Jim, Mike Vrabel, such a fascinating uh, matchup here with a guy who knows Brady and knows Belichick, played most of his career in New England, and former Patriots or former assistants have done well in recent years against Belichick. You saw what Flores did with the Dolphins. O'Brien got a win just a few weeks ago. Vrabel's gotten that win. Matt Patricia and the Lions smoked the Patriots last year. Is there uh, some some advantage that Mike Vrabels talked about playing a, an organization he knows so well and most importantly can you just give us some clarity on the mustache that Vrabel was rocking all year that's now gone thank god was that a joke
3: or was he in on it oh <laughs> uh, he was in on it yeah and it was a topic of conversation cuz uh, yeah, I think he made that switch over the mustache around the combine back in February, and uh, it generated a lot of buzz. And then he shaved it off, and he really didn't shed too much light on uh, on it when he shaved it off uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but and as far as the Patriots and any advantage that he might have, believe me, he would never say that. I mean, he he's he is uh, very conservative as far as what he says. Going into big games, especially against his, a place where he worked for so long and won three Super Bowls, uh, it was neat to see, uh, you know, the back and forth between Tom Brady and Mike Vrabel in training camp back in August. Those guys had a lot of fun with each other. Um, yeah, if you remember, uh, you know, Vrabel kidded Brady one day when he wasn't running out on the practice. He was walking, and Brabel yelled across the field, you know, what are we doing walking? You're supposed to be running to practice, and Brabel was cussing him across the field, and then the next day, Brabel shows up at practice and hands uh, Mike Brabel a little small trophy for winning the Winning a regular season game against the Titans last year, kind of a, a little joke those two had between each other, kind of like they did as competitors on the practice field so many years ago. So these guys are competitors. Mike Vrabel would love to beat his old team. Uh, yes, the Titans played well against the Patriots last year when they won thirty-four to ten, and and uh, but it's going to take another really good effort again to win up there one Saturday night uh, a lot of players are familiar with the Patriots from here you know Dean Peace the former coordinator there is now right. here Logan Ryan Deion Lewis the list goes on and on about the Patriots connections but you got to figure out a way to go through and win and, and playoff time and that's been hard to do for a lot of teams
2: Jim last question we'll get you out of here um, Marcus Mariota he's going to be a free agent after the year is there any hope left for him? Uh, what do you think he is? Do you think he'd be a good backup? I mean, what what do you envision
3: going on with Marcus? I'm curious myself. I mean, I, it's uh, in some, you know, a lot of ways what kind of transpired here is sad because he's such a nice young man and such a competitor. And yeah, I've seen his work ethic up close and in person because I know he's one of the first guys in the building and still one of the last to leave. He's been the ultimate pro. I talked to him this week at his locker, and, and you know he played for the first time a couple of snaps last week in Houston for the first time since being replaced way back in October. But he's continued to work hard, and his coaches and teammates continue to rave about him. Uh, I think somebody's going to give him a chance. I mean, I can't, you know, people that, and I get it. I mean, his fans, you know, and I say his fans, I mean, he's got people that have followed him since his days in Hawaii and from Oregon, so people are naturally rooting for him. But a lot of people are wondering, you know, about him coming back here to be a backup, and, and that's just not happening. I mean, this is a guy who wants to be a starter uh, is a competitor. He's not coming back here to be a backup quarterback. He's going up to want a chance to play somewhere in the league. And I'm curious to see if somebody gives him a shot. I think he's going to get an opportunity somewhere. Um, I just don't know where. And uh, and I'm curious to see where it goes because he, he obviously didn't play well here at the end and he's going to have to prove himself again. I think somebody gives him a shot, but where – your guess probably as good as mine. I, I thought Houston before some changes there. So I'm, I'm sorry, I thought Chicago before mm. some changes there. And now that's kind of taken that out of the equation for me. So I, I'm curious to see which team out there will jump on him.
0: Will be an interesting story. He and Jameis Winston, that fascinating draft class. No matter what happens Saturday, check out. TitansOnline.com for Jim Wyatt's writing. It will be a fascinating game as Winter Storm Henry blows through New England. Thanks for the time, Jim. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend. Appreciate it.
3: Appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. Thank you.
0: All right. Can't wait for that game. Saturday night, the elements, Derrick Henry, the beast, the freak of nature, and will Tom Brady's final game with the Patriots happen intriguing night. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we revealed our bottom four wildcard teams after the break, the top four wild card teams in terms of their likelihood to win a Super Bowl after a quick break here on a Friday home and home.
2: But first last time I get to tell you about ZipRecruiter, we may need to hire someone else to work on the show because Jim and Sam and now Dave, have actually made me feel like I'm a bad tipper when I went through 40 years of my life thinking I was a good tipper. So if you'd like to be a part of Home and Home on the radio.com app, radio.com slash home, make sure that you've got your application, your resume on ZipRecruiter. They send your job, that would be ours, the one we're looking for, to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. So you might already be on there. They don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective, in fact, that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter Get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest
0: way to hire. It's a wild card weekend. 2005 Steelers. 2007 Giants, 2010 Packers, the most recent wild card team to win a Super Bowl. Is any team playing on this wild card weekend truly capable of winning a Super Bowl? We're continuing to count down our rankings of those eight teams in terms of least to most likely chance to win it all in February. In Miami, it's a wild card Friday here on Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. And we're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out. The smartest way to hire without a doubt in 2020. It's this exclusive address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. Ross revealed his bottom four earlier in the show. Eagles, number eight, then Texans, Bills, and Titans. We continue now with the top four. Ross, who you got? Number 4 for me is
2: the Minnesota Vikings. You know what that's from Dave? I don't. You never listened to Lizzo
0: Truth Hurts? Oh, man, I should have known that. My son no loves man the, Lizzo- on the
2: Minnesota Vikings. No <laughs> Anyway, I don't
0: know if that the, makes the Ross Tucker mixtape. The na 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 might have kept that off the Ross Tucker greatest The dish. Minnesota
2: Vikings. Anyway, I got the Minnesota Vikings number four. Look, they are the biggest underdog this weekend. That is a very tough task for them to have to go to New Orleans, to the Superdome, to play the Saints. I don't think they're going to win that game, but... If they do, I actually think they are talented enough with Thielen and Diggs and a healthy Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins and guys on D like Danielle Hunter and Harrison Smith, and Everson Griffin, Eric Kendricks. They actually shouldn't even be the sixth seed when you think about how talented the Vikings are. They are talented enough to win three road games and get to the Super Bowl. Again, I don't think it's going to happen. But I think there's a better chance that it happens to them than the Titans, Mm. Texans,
0: Bills, or Eagles. All right, at number four, I have the New England Patriots. I know I I had a hard time even writing them down at the number four spot. But you've got to go to the eye test. You can't just go to history and what has somehow happened each and every year seemingly. The eye test tells you the rain is over. That Miami game, Bill Belichick said beforehand, was a playoff game in their backyard. All they had to do was stop Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins offense from driving 75 yards on 13 plays, and they would have had a bye, and they couldn't do it. Devontae Parker shredded arguably the defensive player of the year prior to the last couple of weeks, Stephon Gilmore. And to me, Gilmore is the most important person in this matchup. He has to figure out a way to lock down A.J. Brown. Not sure he can do it based on what happened last week, which brings up the question, is this the last game Tom Brady plays in a Patriots uniform? Last game he ever plays at Gillette Stadium in terms of being in the home side. Yes, I do think it is. How do they feel about it on W.E.I. Sports Radio in Boston as we continue our Radio.com Red Zone here.
1: If they come back and play the way they played all year long defensively, they will win that game on Saturday night. You're right. If they play the way they played in the Miami game, they will lose. Their offense is the problem. Tennessee's, and don't state take defense. A shot. Tennessee's defense. Tennessee's defense is not that good. But look at the
2: Patriots it's offense. Not that Stop. good. Don't tell me that, that, that good. this Patriots. I don't care. You can have the, they're
1: one of the worst offenses in the league. I don't give me this. Don't give me like, oh, so what? Doesn't matter. No, they're not any good. I have more confidence in Tom Brady I than I would in Ryan Tannehill. I don't. And it's not, forward, it, and I it's not. And it's, again, you know, Brady's had a better career than Ryan Tannehill, but with what Ryan Tannehill has to play with. He can hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and it can make life so much easier. But with Tennessee, I, I think they could muster up enough. Well, if they I stuff Derrick Henry and he does nothing, then they're then done. Then I would agree Tennessee's with. Tennessee's done. Then I would agree. Right. If Gen- Can they? Right. No. He's the best running back they faced all year. With Tannehill, that's why I have more confidence with him. It's not like Brady can, can you know, can can hand the ball off and control control the game, and then play action and hit guys that are open. I think they can run a little bit. Tannehill can, like Lamar Jackson can. That's why there's seventy percent completion percentage. Well, a lot of people for a lot of years have tried to predict the end of the Patriots dynasty, and recently they've been wrong. But Peter, are we are we looking at that either this weekend or the following weekend? Is this is this it for this incredible run? Well, Rich, the other day in my column I wrote basically that this is the end of something in New England. I I don't think it's the end of greatness uh, necessarily or winning in New England, but I think it's the end of something. And you believe that this is it. This will Saturday night is his last game as a member of the New England Patriots. Never been more sure of it, bat in my life. He is wow. going to be on either retired or
0: on another team next season. He will not be quarterback of the Patriots. Continue the radio.com red zone with W E E I. You heard Peter King, the great Peter King, say it's the end of something. What exactly is at the end of this? I know the best quarterback, at least right now, is Ryan Tannehill. Clearly the best running back is Derrick Henry, the rushing champ. Clearly the best receiving core belongs to the Titans as well. If say an it, Dave. Edge, Dave yes, say it. Say it. You think the, you think the Titans are going to win? Do you think the Titans I'm are going taking- to win? I'm taking... I'm taking the Titans to win. Forget the points. Titans win this ball game. I'm looking and it just, the eye test tells me Tennessee wins this ball game. You disagree. You know,
2: look, I think it's a toss up game. I just can't do it, bro. I can't do it. I've been burned too many times <laughs> that went the last time they lost two games at home. I know in a row that matter. It's Saturday night. It's going to be snowing. Ryan Tannehill and the snow. Hell no, bro. Hell no. I can't go there. I can't go there. It, what? Hur- what's it called? Not hurricane. Winter storm Henry or something. Yeah. Yep. Tom Brady owns winter storms. You know what they do? When a winter storm comes in New England, they ask Brady what its name should be because he owns that shit. All right. <laughs> Patriots going to win. That's what they do. I don't think they're going to win in Kansas city the next week. But I, I just cannot see the Titans in their pastel blue uniforms going up to New England. I mean, that would be amazing if they did. Uh, and that would be, by the way, can you imagine, Dave, if those are the last two games for Tom Brady with the New England Patriots in Gillette Stadium? Oh. Can you imagine oh. if his last two games are yeah. losing to the Aqua Dolphins and the Teal <laughs> Titans? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the hell are we talking about? You, if you're Tom Brady, the manliest man in the world, the, every guys want to be him, girls want to be with him. You cannot end your career after 20 years as the goat by losing to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the aqua-colored Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill and the teal Dolphin uh, Titans. Can't happen. Cannot happen.
0: And the dichotomy of Brian Flores, a former Patriots assistant, and then Mike Vrabel, a long a legend, really, in Patriots history, coming to New England and beating Bill Belichick. It would be such a stunning uh, turn of events. But speaking of turn of events, winter storm, Henry, right now, doesn't look like a winter storm at all. 45 degrees and rain expected right now. So I don't expect that to be a game-changing storm, and if he was going to name it, he ain't going to name it after the best running back in terms of yardage this season. Let's continue now. Number three, who you got?
2: Number three, I've got the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, They have a tough path. I think it's a toss-up game for them against the Eagles on Sunday. Uh, By the way, I put a poll out, or kind of a poll, on Twitter, at Ross Tucker NFL, you are at Dave Briggs TV. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it on the show yesterday or just on our text message thread for the home and home crew. People seem to like the wall, wall, walk-ons. That was a Jordan Cone original. Nobody's loving my practice squad posse or preseason all-stars, probably because they're not that creative. But we've gotten some other really good tweets. Maybe we'll finish the show with some other nicknames for this Eagles team, the current iteration. But I'm going with the Seahawks. Look, playoff pedigree, and more than anything else, Dave, Russell Wilson. If I could only have one quarterback for the next 10 years, his name is Russell Wilson. They were getting the crap beat out of them by the Niners on Sunday night. They were. Niners should have put that game away. But then here comes Russell Wilson. And the Niners are the number one seed. People are loving the Niners. If they don't get the delay game, they win. If they review that interference in the end zone, Seahawks win. If Greenlaw doesn't have maybe the best hit I've ever seen. We are not talking enough about that hit by the Niners linebacker. Blowing up Hollister, the tight end for the Seahawks. I mean, that's a 255-pound dude. He was two inches from the goal line, and Dre Greenlaw went. Ah! That was awesome. That was the whole essence of the sport. And for those of you that never played, I feel bad for you, because that there's no better feeling than that. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's even better than the other really good feeling in life. I'm telling you, it's better. It's better. Better. You can get that other feeling anytime you want. You get another feeling. You can only get that every (laughs) once in a while. It is awesome. Anyway, what are we talking about? I forget. I forget what I mean. Talking about. Oh, the Seahawks. The Seahawks. The Seahawks could have won that damn game, and they'd be the number three seed. Russell Wilson gives them a chance to win three straight road games. He does.
0: I, I'm, still, I'm still loving when you feel bad for people. I love when you feel bad for people and reveal to us just how much you enjoy that, the sheer pleasure you, of you football. You know I have a
2: business idea for that, right?
0: Have I told you about oh, pl- that? Pl- pl- please tell me. I think you have, okay. but refresh. So I've got all kinds
2: of buddies that have never played football, right? And you do too, and we all do. They always kind of would have liked it, but they were smaller in high school, whatever. We get some people, we get helmet and shoulder pads, and I don't know, we get some people that are willing to take some collisions. Um, I'm not going to say who the employees of the business would be, uh, but I have some ideas. You come and you pay $100. That's right and some guy just runs down the sideline like this, one of our employees, and you, as the paying customer, get to come from the side so that you don't really get hurt and hit that dude as hard as you possibly can. You get one collision, it's $100, and then the next guy in line goes, but you, once in your life, get to know what it feels like And I know a lot of people would be wimps about it, and they would slow up a little bit. Well, I get it, but maybe not. Maybe you have a few beers before you come over. We sell beer at my store, okay? We sell beer at my store. You can even do a couple shots, whatever you want, and then you run, and you hit that guy that we hired, probably several of them, and you hit him as hard as you can, and you, for once in your life, know the greatest feeling in the history of planet Earth
0: where football meets Shark Tank right here on Home and Home. So many billion-dollar concepts pitched right here on Home and Home by (laughs) Ross Tucker. Somebody's going to make a shit ton of money off these great ideas. We have similar ideas about our top teams, and to me, I take – uh, the, the the Tennessee Titans at number three. Well, that's where we left off, right? You had Seattle. No, at I three. said
2: Seahawks at three. I didn't know who you had said at three. You said Titans at three.
0: You had said, I say Titans at three. It's all about Ryan Tannehill. Yes. Second best passer rating in the league since he took over best of NFL quarterbacks. Here's another nerdy number for you. 87% in the red zone. Yes. You can say that's not likely to continue But that's how they're punching it in right now with Derrick Henry. 87% in the red zone. That's part of the reason they go to New England and win. Number two, who you got? The New England Patriots.
2: Yeah, I know they lost to the Dolphins. But the week before, they actually looked pretty darn good against the Buffalo Bills. And guess what? They're kind of the New England Patriots. They've got Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Yeah, they're number two. I don't need to say any more.
0: That's it. That is short. That is sweet. Number two for me, the Seattle Seahawks. A similar reason you took them number three in Russ, I trust. And for all you folks living in Philadelphia, no, you would not take Carson Wentz over Russell Wilson. Not in any season not in any situation. I love what he did this year with the practice squad posse, or as I labeled them, the reserve dogs or the wah-wah walk-ons. But Russell Wilson is also the guy I think I would take for the next 10 years if I couldn't get Patrick Mahomes. Here's what they talked about on WIP Sports Radio. Would they take Carson or would they take Russ? Listen in.
1: Like two years ago, early December 2017, If we ask Eagles fans prior to the game, of course, Eagles lost the game, but Carson was having a spectacular season prior to that game. Hey, which quarterback would you rather have Carson or Russell Wilson? You're going to get Carson, Carson, Carson. uh, Hey, Carson. And if we said to them, especially whose future would you rather have 100? And I mean, 100, not 99, 100% of Eagles fans, 100% of Eagles fans, early December, 2017 would have said, I'll take Carson. Wentz's future? No question about it. Well, John, here we are now two years later. I mean, John, what do you make of the fact that two years later it's laughable, okay? Laughable to even bring up, oh, Wilson or Wentz. Wentz or Wilson. Wilson or Wentz. It's like don't even start the conversation, it's so laughable. You're willing to say Wentz is regressed two years later that it's pretty obvious Wilson zipped right past him and it's not even close? Because that's the reality of the situation. No.
0: That's how it sounded. Week 12 Wentz versus Russ. And let's just agree here. That's a ridiculous question to ask, let alone the fact that it went 69-31 Carson in Philly. Right, Ross?
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, look, it's just funny how fickle it can be from one game to the next. I mean, before that first Seahawks game, after that first Seahawks game, and then now, it's... I mean, honestly, it would be a fantastic, Dave, case study for any type of polling, any type of fan behavior, just to see the roller coaster that fans go on based on how the guy has played. It is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately life, that's for sure.
0: It is. And I think number one is going to be a relatively quick conversation because we have the same team at number one. And I think we both believe they are very capable of winning it all. So go ahead and reveal number one.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the New Orleans Saints. Uh, You and I both agree. I think that they're, I do power rankings every week. I have number three. I have it right now. The Baltimore Ravens, one, Kansas City Chiefs, two, New Orleans Saints, three. Now they got a really tough Road to hoe. I mean, I think they're better than the Packers and Niners, but are they good enough to beat a pretty good Vikings team, then go to Green Bay, then go to likely San Francisco? Probably not, which is why it's. we talked about it on Monday's show, Dave. It's exactly why that game between Seattle and San Francisco was so huge. If Seattle wins that game, they review that play or whatever, the Saints get a bye. That's a big difference. And the Saints' divisional round game's home. They only have to win two games total and only one on the road. Huge. I think the Saints are awesome. I think they could be the first team since the 2012 Baltimore Ravens to play wildcard weekend and get to the Super Bowl. In fact, I'm not saying that I would bet on it, but they might be my favorite, dude. They might
0: be my favorite to get it done. Well, there's a possibility looming that San Francisco gets eliminated in two weeks by Seattle. So if you take away um, the fact that they'd have to go to... I don't think they're capable of going to San Francisco and winning that game. But if they would have, to your point, sealed home field... I don't think there's anyone that goes to New Orleans and wins, but certainly I think they are capable of not just getting to but matching the Packers 2010 as wildcard teams to win a Super Bowl. The question I have really is about Kamara. I, I mean, he has been hit and miss all season long. Um, he's had some some injury issues, but the production has been there and that it's been completely a wall in a November loss to Atlanta, four carries for 24 yards. I can't quite figure him out. He did have a late season resurgence, and that's my biggest question, Mark, about New Orleans is which Camara do they have in the postseason? The guy's tremendously talented. If he's the guy he was the last two weeks, I think they're capable of getting it done.
2: Agreed. He looked very healthy against the Panthers in that last game. They looked awesome. They've gotten their guards back, Larry Warford, as well as Andrews Pete. I mean, they are Poised to go on a run here. It's just crazy that the second year in a row, a highly questionable call might be the primary thing that prevents them from going to the
0: Super Bowl. It's crazy, God. dude. I I just have such an uneasy feeling about officiating going into the postseason. I yeah. have this feeling inside. I think you do too. That there's going to be another defining moment. Clearly, that will be the moment that says no more Al Riveron, and they're going to have major structural changes. Sky, Judge, we both agree. Before we go, we're out of time on a Friday. I need your number one betting tip this weekend. You've been on fire. I need one game to bet on just to get a little more interested in wildcard weekend. Number one bet. Uh,
2: it's it's a Saturday game. It's either the Titans or the Bills I'm going to go with the Bills, though. I don't have faith in the Texans. I do have faith in the Patriots. They're the Patriots. Take the Bills, the two and a half points. I think the Bills win the game outright. And if they lose, heck, maybe it's a one or two point game and they're close. I got the Bills.
0: Wow, that was a shocker of of a bet of the week. But it intrigues me. I can't take that one. I just don't think Josh Allen can go get it done against Deshaun Watson, but I can't wait. It's going to be an outstanding Wild Card weekend. We'll be back on Monday to wrap it all up for you. For Ross Tucker, I'm Dave Briggs. Enjoy wildcard weekend. We'll see you Monday. <laughs> Chip your service. <surgery. laughs>
2: Hey everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day, exclusively on the radio.com app or on the web at radio.com slash home.